Spend a week in the Holy Land, and you can write a book. Spend a month, and you can write an article. Spend a year, and you can't write anything at all. I heard this amusing paradox from one of the co-founders of the Jesus Trail, a 40-mile hiking trail that stretches through the land of Galilee from Nazareth to Capernaum. He is an American Christian, and his colleague is an Israeli Jew. At the time we met in 2008, I was a recent college graduate on pilgrimage through the Holy Land. Altogether, I spent three months in Israel, Egypt, and Jordan, including several days hiking the Jesus Trail. Now, although I have no pretensions of writing either a book or an article about this experience, I am hoping that my three months as a pilgrim may at least provide me with some insight into this morning's gospel, the parable of the Good Samaritan. The English word pilgrim derives from the Latin peregrinus, meaning a wanderer, a traveler, or a foreigner. Our word most often refers to someone who visits a shrine or a holy place. But a pilgrim is no less a traveler and a foreigner than several of the characters in today's parable. The man who goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho is a Jew in Jewish territory, as are the priest and the Levite. The Samaritan is a foreigner among enemies. But all are travelers, and to be a traveler is to be vulnerable. During my three months in the Holy Land, I discovered my vulnerability on many occasions. I spent most of my time on foot. I walked through the narrow streets of the old city of Jerusalem, trekked out to Ein Karem, the traditional site of the visitation. While hiking the Jesus Trail, I passed through Cana, along the Sea of Galilee, and nearly reached Capernaum. Once, I found myself in an Orthodox Jewish suburb where almost no one spoke English. I ran into a man who seemed to have a rudimentary command of the language and seemed to be inviting me to a dinner at his house, so I rather foolishly decided to follow him. As soon as I entered the stairwell of his apartment building, the lights suddenly went out, and I turned and sprinted out, heart pounding. There was another time that, just as evening fell, I nearly found myself stranded alone without food, water, or a tent on some remote cliffs overlooking the Sea of Galilee. That particular evening happened to be the Eve of Yom Kippur, which, if you know, uh, if you've been to Israel, um, you know that uh, on Yom Kippur, the entire country basically shuts down. So this was a moment of quite radical vulnerability. I happened to be found and rescued by a group of pilgrims who showed up at that very moment and took me back to uh, our lodgings. Now, I never hiked down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and thanks be to God, I never fell victim to robbers. But I was definitely a vulnerable traveler and foreigner everywhere I went. Why is it that I mention the vulnerability of the traveler in preparing to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan? 
Well, parables are not abstract ethical truths dressed up with some local color and repackaged for consumption by the masses. Especially these parables of St. Luke are responses to particular questions from particular people. They serve as a form of dialogue. Perhaps we might call them dialogue by narrative means. The Lord Jesus holds up a mirror in the form of a story, which allows his interlocutors to see themselves and, if they are willing, to challenge themselves, to open their hearts, and to change their minds. Now, what I would submit to you this morning is that we should take this mirror, the parable of the Good Samaritan, into our own hands and place ourselves in the position of the particular person to whom it was addressed, a scholar of the law. The Greek word here is nomikos, which means uh, someone learned in the Jewish law, a legal expert like a jurist or a lawyer. They were recognized authorities who exercised an essential public role, including interpreting the prescriptions governing cultic sacrifice, holy days, marriage, commerce, food, and so on. This man is confident. He's confident in his official status and so confident that he decides to challenge this young upstart, Jesus of Nazareth, and put him to the test. He addresses him with a standard question that would have been familiar to all of their contemporaries. What are the conditions for sharing in the age to come, eternal life? He may already have known Jesus' views on this. In the other synoptic gospels, it is the Lord Jesus himself who answers the question by quoting the familiar words of Israel's Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your being, with all your strength and with all your mind. And then he adds, as again many rabbis had done, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then and now, this is central to Jewish identity and to Jewish prayer. To this confident lawyer, the Lord Jesus responds with the story of vulnerable travelers. And this is the reason behind my focus on travel and pilgrimage. The Lord Jesus knows this man's heart, just as he knows mine and yours. At some point in each of our lives, we have found ourselves pilgrims. Perhaps we haven't actually gone on pilgrimage abroad, but we've certainly found ourselves at one time or another lost in an unfamiliar area, bereft of our usual bearings and resources. This is an experience of radical vulnerability. We are at the mercy of circumstances and people beyond our control. This lawyer, too, had surely been a vulnerable traveler many times before. Everyone in the ancient world was. The road from Jerusalem to Jericho was notoriously dangerous, beset by brigands throughout the ancient period. What the Lord Jesus is saying to him by telling this parable is, you too have been a traveler. You too have fallen victim to robbers, 
or encountered others who have been victimized. You too have been weary and wounded and stripped. The Lord Jesus knows his heart, and he knows our hearts. He appeals to our common experience and to our common humanity. When the fathers of the Church read this parable, they discerned in the figure of the traveler not just a mirror for the lawyer, but a mirror for all humanity. The great exegete Origen of Alexandria wrote that the man who was going down was Adam. Jerusalem is paradise, and Jericho is the world. The robbers are the wounds of sin. In this allegorical reading, the man's wounds are self-inflicted, but they do come about because of hostile powers, the demons armed with the eight thoughts who seek to rob us daily of our rightful possessions, our faculties of intellect and will. Don't all of us know this experience? There are certainly many days over my nine years in the monastery when I found myself, like the man, in the ditch, naked and bereft, seemingly, of every resource. And who showed himself to be a good Samaritan in that moment? Who took compassion upon me? It was the Lord Jesus, who did not think it robbery to divest himself of his divinity and to take on flesh and to come to us in the sacraments of the Church, to pour oil and wine in our wounds, and to restore us in the inn that is the Church. So we need not uh, be a pilgrim on the Jesus Trail to experience this reality. This is the reality of every Mass, when the Lord Jesus again comes down from paradise, divests himself of the glory of his divinity, and offers himself to us in the bread and wine of the Holy Eucharist. Let us call to mind, as we prepare to approach the Holy Eucharist, the wounds of our own sin, and to gratefully offer ourselves for those who are in need, making ourselves uh, a neighbor to all.